Genesis 19, beginning in verse 1. And there came two angels to Sodom at even, and Lot sat in the gate of Sodom, and Lot, seeing them, rose up to meet them, and he bowed himself with his face toward the ground. And he said, Behold now, my lords, turn in, I pray you, into your servant's house, and tarry all night, and wash your feet, and ye shall rise up early and go on your ways. And they said, Nay, but we will abide in the street all night. And he pressed upon them greatly, and they turned in unto him, and entered into his house, and he made them a feast, and did break unleavened bread, and they did eat. But before they lay down, the men of the city, even the men of Sodom, compassed the house round, both old and young, all the people from every quarter. And they called unto Lot, and said unto him, Where are the men which came into thee this night? Bring them out unto us, that we may know them. Lot went out at the door unto them, and shut the door after him, and said, I pray you, brethren, do not so wickedly. Behold, now I have two daughters which have not known man. Let me, I pray you, bring them out unto you, and do ye to them as it is good in your eyes. Only unto these men do nothing, for therefore came they under the shadow of my roof. And they said, Stand back. And they said again, This one fellow came in to sojourn, and he will needs be a judge. Now we will deal worse with thee than with them. And they pressed sore upon the man, even Lot, and came near to break the door. But the men put forth their hand and pulled Lot into the house to them and shut the door. They smote the men that were at the door of the house with blindness, both small and great, so that they wearied themselves to find the door. The men said unto Lot, Hast thou here any besides son-in-law and thy sons and thy daughters? And whatsoever thou hast in the city, bring them out of this place. For we will destroy this place, because the cry of them is waxen great before the face of the Lord, and the Lord sent us to destroy it. And Lot went out and spake unto his sons-in-law, which married his daughters, and said, Up, get you out of this place, for the Lord will destroy this city. But he seemed as one that mocked unto his sons-in-law. And when the morning arose, then the angels hastened Lot, saying, Arise, take thy wife and thy two daughters, which are here, lest thou be consumed in the iniquity of the city. While he lingered, the men laid hold upon his hand, and upon the hand of his wife, and upon the hand of his two daughters, the Lord being merciful unto him, and they brought him forth, and set him without the city. And it came to pass, when they had brought them forth abroad, that he said, Escape for thy life, look not behind thee, neither stay thou in all the plain, escape to the mountain, lest thou be consumed." And Lot said unto them, O not so, my lord. Behold, now thy servant hath found grace in thy sight. Thou hast magnified thy mercies, which hath showed unto me in saving my life. And I cannot escape to the mountain, lest some evil take me, and I die. Behold, now this city is near to flee unto, and it is a little one. O let me escape thither. It is not a little one, and my soul shall live. And he said unto him, See, I have accepted thee concerning this thing also, 
that I will not overthrow this city for the which thou hast spoken. Haste thee, escape thither, for I cannot do anything till thou be come hither. Therefore the name of the city was called Zoar. The sun was risen upon the earth when Lot entered into Zoar. And the Lord rained upon Sodom and upon Gomorrah brimstone and fire from the Lord out of heaven. And he overthrew those cities and all the plain and all the inhabitants of the cities and that which grew upon the ground. But his wife looked back from behind him and she became a pillar of salt. And Abraham got up early in the morning to the place where he stood before the Lord. And he looked toward Sodom and Gomorrah and toward all the land of the plain and beheld and lo, the smoke of the country went up as the smoke of a furnace. And it came to pass when God destroyed the cities of the plain that God remembered Abraham and sent Lot out of the midst of the overthrow when he overthrew the cities in which Lot dwelt. And Lot went up out of Zoar and dwelt in the mountain and his two daughters with him. For he feared to dwell in Zoar and he dwelt in a cave, he and his two daughters. The firstborn said unto the younger, Our father is old, and there is not a man in the earth to come in unto us after the manner of all the earth. Come, let us make our father drink wine, and we will lie with him, that we may preserve the seed of our father. And they made their father drink wine that night. The firstborn went in and lay with her father, and he perceived not when she lay down nor when she arose. And it came to pass on the morrow that the firstborn said unto the younger, Behold, I lay yesternight with my father. Let us make him drink wine this night also, and go thou in and lie with him, that he may preserve, that we may preserve the seed of our father. They made their father drink wine that night also, and the younger arose and lay with him, and he perceived not when she lay down, nor when she arose. Thus were both the daughters of Lot with child by their father. And the firstborn bare a son and called his name Moab, the same as the father of the Moabites unto this day. And the younger she also bare a son and called his name Ben-Ami, the same as the father of the children of Ammon unto this day. This is the word of the Lord. Please be seated. Well, that is quite a lengthy passage to read, but it is a sobering passage when you look at all of the things that are happening here. And yet, this particular passage in Genesis 19 is a reminder to us, and it really is a a foreshadowing of that judgment that the Lord will bring upon all the earth for its sin and its wickedness. As we have seen through our reading of Genesis, when Adam and Eve fell in sin and brought sin upon all of creation, we begin to see the wickedness of man in the earth. But when you go back to Genesis chapter 13, I want us to note this before we look at chapter 19. But there in chapter 13 of Genesis, when Lot and Abraham went their way, it says, Lot, verse 11, chose all the plain of Jordan and journeyed east, and they separated themselves one from another. Abram dwelled in the land of Canaan, 
And Lot dwelled in the cities of the plain and pitched his tent toward Sodom. The men of Sodom were wicked and sinners before the Lord exceedingly. I think this is a good reminder to us as we go back there. And we see that Abram and Lot had this um, dissension among them. They were both very uh, wealthy men. And it's interesting, two wealthy men couldn't live together. And so they separated and went their ways. But notice where Lot goes. He goes to that very city that we read of in chapter 19. And I want us to note this because uh, liberal scholars love to tear apart uh, Genesis 19. But the men of Sodom were wicked and sinners before the Lord exceedingly. Now when the text tells us that, it tells us that the men of Sodom were not just sinners, but they were wicked. They were sinners exceedingly before the Lord. And we want to note that because when we come to chapter 19, we find here two angels from chapter 18. There were three angels that came and visited Abraham. And two of those angels came to Sodom in the evening. And we find here in verses 1 through 14 a warning that God gives to this exceedingly wicked city that he will destroy it. And so Lot sitting there in the gate of Sodom, that was the the place of authority. And so he was sitting there in the gate of Sodom. And Lot seeing these two angels went to meet them and he bowed his face toward the ground. Now, last time as we looked at chapter 18, I said that one of those angels was the Lord, but the other two angels were not divine. They were simply angels. We don't have a whole lot of detail from the text. But here in verse 2, Lot says to them, he calls them my lords, turn in, I pray, into the servant's house, tarry all night, wash your feet, and you shall rise early and go your way. And here is the practice of that Hebrew culture, that when a guest came in, you not only washed their feet, but you also gave them meal. And they did not want to stay. They wanted to go out and and sleep in the street. But he pressed upon them to come into the house. Abraham and Lot already know that Sodom is not a place where you want to go and sleep on the street. Sodom is a very wicked place. And so from the text, I believe he's impressing upon them, no, you can't stay in the street. Come in the house. And so they came in the house. He made them unleavened bread, and they had a feast, and they ate. Now, verse 4 is a very sobering and a very difficult section when we look at the destruction that comes. God sends his messengers to these wicked cities. And then as we come to verse 4, it says, But before they lay down, the men of the city, that is the men of Sodom, or the Sodomites, came and compassed the house round about, both old and young, and all the people from every corner. And so as we see God beginning to bring destruction to the city, we see the wicked corruption in that city. The wicked seek to corrupt 
the messengers of God. Notice how they corrupt them. They corrupt them in a very profane and and wicked way. They called unto Lot and said, We are the men which came, where are the men which came into thee this night? Bring them out unto us that we may know them. I want us to note this here because many liberal scholars, particularly those who want to push the agenda of uh, homosexuality and sodomy, will immediately say the word no there does not mean carnal or any kind of uh, sexual relationship there. But the word that is used there in Hebrew is that same word that speaks of Adam knowing his wife before the fall. And so there is in that word no something more than just becoming familiar with them, but becoming more intimate. And so this here shows the, the exceeding wickedness of these men to want to do this perversion, particularly to the guests. What they typically will tell you is that the sin that was committed here is that they were inhospitable. Now, that is the biggest uh, bunch of balarkey that you can ever impose upon the text. There is certainly a sense in which they were inhospitable. The book of Jude speaks of that inhospitality, but it's much more than that. Because as you look at the text, as it goes to verse 11, you see the way in which they go after these messengers of God, these two messengers. And notice what Lot does. He offers his daughters to them in exchange for these men. Now some would say, well, that was, that was a good solution. No, it wasn't. It was just as wicked as the first. And yet he gives them, he's in this situation, he's not sure what to do. And so he brings his daughters to them and says, have thy way with them. And then we see the, the uh, verse 9 there. They said, stand back. And they said again, this one fellow came in to sojourn and he will needs be a judge. Now we will deal with him. And so the men put forth their hand, pulled Lot into the house, shut the door and they smote the men that were at the door of the house with blindness, both small and great, so that they wearied themselves at the door. And here at the end of verse 11, we see that corruption, that wickedness that comes to that city. But as God promises there in verses 1 through 14, he will bring destruction upon that city. God's messengers warn of that coming judgment We see here that this is a prelude to the impending judgments that God will bring upon the earth, uh, even that final judgment that is yet to come. But in verses 15 through 22, we see the influence of the world is alluring at times, and certainly alluring here. In verses 15 and 16, God's messengers must drag them from that evil city. Notice there in verse 15, When morning arose, the angels hastened, Lot saying, Rise, take thy wife, take thy daughters, lest we be consumed in the iniquity of the city. Now, they're not retreating from the city because it's wicked. But in this instance, they are leaving that city because God is going to judge it. 
And that's why they're, they're pressed to take their family, the wife and two daughters, and leave the city because it has been consumed by its wickedness. And oftentimes there's a need for people to come away from that. And so here we find that this section encourages that they must be drawn away from the evil of the city. Um, we see there in verses 17 through 22 that the it comes to pass that when they had brought them forth that they said, Escape for thy life. Look not behind thee, neither stay thou in the plain, but escape to the mountain. And so we find here that they are called to flee the city, to flee from the wrath to come. And then the Lord finally brings destruction upon the wickedness of the city. The sun was rose, had risen upon the earth when Lot entered into Zoar, verse 23. And so we see that the Lord brings judgment to this wicked place. And when the Lord brings, destroys the wicked, verses 27 through 29, we see that he always remains faithful to the righteous. When you go back to chapter 18, you see there, particularly beginning in verse 24, if there be 50 righteous in the city, will thou destroy it? If there be 40 righteous in the city, will you destroy it? And he goes on and asks, will you destroy the city? And the and there in verse 32 of the previous chapter, he says, Oh, let not the Lord be angry. Let me speak but this once. Perhaps if there be ten found here. And he said, I will not destroy it for the sake of ten. And yet this city had become so wicked that God had to take the remnant out of the city. And this is what we see in Lot's family. Is that Lord... The Lord preserves in the midst of his judgment that, that remnant that he will bring out. And then we see finally that those who have grown comfortable in the wickedness of the city will retain their corruption. Verses 30 through 38. This is a difficult passage um, to give a short exposition on. And yet there's a lot in this passage that reminds us that God is always angry with sin. We oftentimes think that God has a sense in which he just turns his eye away from sin. But God never turns his eye away from sin. But when you look at verse 25, it says, The Lord God brought fire and brimstone down upon the city. Fire and brimstone destroyed the city. He overthrew them and all the plain and all the inhabitants of the city. But notice what happens to Lot's wife. She looks back from behind and she becomes a pillar of salt. Now the question is, and, and uh, Nick and I had this question just briefly this morning. But when you look at this passage of scripture, Lot is called what? Righteous Lot. Where does he go? He goes and hides in a cave. Derek Kidner, a um, British uh, scholar from many years ago who was a very conservative Anglican, 
said that Lot represents the restless pilgrim. He's righteous in the sight of God, but he's always restless. He's always going here and there. He's not looking for that city that is to come, but he's always restless looking for something else. And so as we find him there hiding out in that cave, the Lord comes and he brings judgment upon that city. And yet in that judgment, God spares a people for his own name's sake. I am not a huge fan of of, um, many Old Testament scholars But one Old Testament scholar brings out the point of this passage quite well. He says there that the demonstration by the Sodomites there in verses 1 through 11 show that their evil is irredeemable. Now that might come as a shock to some, but there is a sense, as Romans 1 tells us, that God will give some over to a reprobate mind. And I think that's the passage here. That these men had become so reprobate that God simply wiped them out as a sign of that impending judgment that is to come. But then he delivers Lot. He brings devastation. And then Abraham, in conclusion, in verses 27 through 29, looks toward the city of Sodom. Not in a sense of, of wanting to go back. Not in a sense of regret. But there in verse 29, it says, And it came to pass when he destroyed the cities, that God remembered Abraham and sent Lot out in the midst of the cities. And so again, we see the blessing of God on this remnant, upon this covenant under Abraham. Abraham is the one who brings blessing. It is Abraham who, whom the Lord had made a promise to, and he will save his seed from the earth. There is not the time to go into all the particulars of this passage, but I do want to note here that Adam, Abraham does entertain the angels with that lavish banquet there in chapter 18. And the Lord rewards his hospitality with a gift and announces the birth of Sarah's child in chapter 18. And then as we see the um, hospitality of that city, I think it's noteworthy to, to see from this passage that God reminds not only Sodom and Gomorrah, but the surrounding cities that he will not tolerate sexual perversion and sexual immorality. And if you look in Jude chapter 7, that short epistle toward the end of the New Testament, and I think this is so important because this really gives us a clearer picture of the sin of Sodom and Gomorrah. There in Jude chapter uh, verse 4, For there are certain men crept in unawares, who were before of old ordained to this condemnation, ungodly men, turning the grace of our God into lasciviousness and denying the only Lord our God and the Lord Jesus Christ. 
There in verse 6, the angels which kept not their first estate, but left their own habitation, he hath reserved in everlasting change, chains unto darkness, unto the judgment of the great day. Even as Sodom and Gomorrah and the cities about them in like manner, giving themselves over to fornication and going after strange flesh, are set forth as an example, suffering the vengeance of eternal fire. Notice what Jude says here, that Sodom and Gomorrah is an example of God's judgment against cities and nations that turn themselves after strange flesh, unnatural flesh, unholy flesh. And this is an example of that eternal fire. I remember the story uh, many years ago of a Baptist church in San Francisco that was back in the 80s. This was during the height of the uh, so-called gay rights movement. But they were having a worship service. This pastor had stood and took a solid stand against homosexuality in the city of, of San Francisco. And as they were in that church service, they had all of these homosexuals that were coming to disrupt the service, and the church had to lock the doors, and you could hear the sound of banging on the doors. This, this is a, tr- a true account, and it really conjures up in your mind exactly what you see here in this passage that they came with the intent to destroy. And yet God preserved that congregation, and we need to be reminded that we're not called to retreat from the cities of the world. We are called to retreat from the wickedness of the world in which we live in. And sometimes, even for Christians, we become more comfortable with the pleasures of sin. And sometimes we find ourselves like righteous Lot, going off hiding, and yet when we hide and turn away from God, we find that we become more entrenched to the things of the world. We become more influenced by the allurement of the world. Saints of God, we must understand that the influence of the world can certainly be alluring even to the believer but it is always a contempt before a righteous and holy God. And sometimes, as the scripture says, we must snatch people out of the fire, particularly believers. We must rescue them when they are falling in sin, but we must never make concession with the world. But we must always stand apart from the world. Even though we live in the world, we are not of the world. But let this passage be a sobering reminder to us that God's judgment is coming. That final judgment will be much more fierce than what is recorded here in Genesis chapter 19 because the justice of God never sleeps. And we are called to see God's judgment as a warning to us, but as a blessing that when we turn away from sin, God promises protection and mercy for his people. Let us sing together from Psalm 7b, my shield and my defense is found with God. <laughs> 